0: What is going on, everyone? Uh, I'm going to be your host this week. Uh, you know, Justin Van Zuden is out on vacation, so uh, hopefully he has a good week with the family. He's ready to go next week. I got two new co-hosts with me. Um, first off, let's stop, start with Jacob Horton, a.k.a. Han Dizzle. Uh, been on the show quite a few times, so
2: uh, how are you doing tonight? And uh, appreciate you hopping on. Doing great. The summer started. First day at junior golf camp. I wish I was at the Memorial having, like, all the different flavors of the, the milkshakes, but stuck here in the Texas heat ready to try to grind out a good week in DFS golf.
0: Yeah, you're going to hear a lot of milkshake talk this week, uh more than any other, I'm sure. And now, uh, let's bring another co-host, uh, the smoothest voice in DFS, Trey Schwab. How you doing? Um did I say your last name right? I've, never, I've always just called you No, it's, it's
1: not like Charles Schwab, it's Schwabie. We got an E on the okay. end. Of it, so not, not okay. Not Matthias Schwab, it's Trey Schwabie. So Uh, Hey, I'm happy to be on the show. I've I've watched it uh, obviously a lot over the years, and uh, it's nice to be here uh, um, on the show. So I appreciate you having me on. All right, well, let's quickly recap last week's event.
0: Uh, It was quite the Sunday. You know, we had uh, all the leaders pretty much uh, fall there the last couple hours. Uh, I think there were five guys that were ten under or better, and all you needed to get into the playoff. Uh, was nine under par. So Sam Burns ends up getting the job done. I uh, just wanted to get your general takeaways from the tournaments, any notes you guys had, uh, and then we'll hop into this week's event. So, Jacob, let's start with you.
2: So I grew up right around the corner from that golf course. I've been to it tournament probably 20 times, played it a handful of times. Got to walk it this last week on Wednesday during the program. Uh, it's nice to see an old golf course, old-style golf course still hold its own. Obviously, the wind helps. Um You know, it's just it's a good venue. Ball strikers course. You saw when the wind gets up, it doesn't have to be a long golf course. They have to be able to manage their their golf ball around that place. So sort of nice to see, you know, not a runaway shootout for the second week in a row. I think it's kind of interesting next year. They're talking about flipping the nines. Um, You know, they're going to redo the golf course so they could finish on that horrible horseshoe with number nine was like one of the hardest holes on the courses last year. So could be for a little more drama in the years to come.
0: Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. That, uh, three hole stretch, pretty brutal. Um, and yeah, like you said, the, the course held its own. Anytime you get a, you know, single digit winner, um, it ends up being a really good test for these guys. Trey, what about you?
1: Uh, I, I just, uh, I, I didn't think that Shepard would fall back that that much and that uh, made for great TV at the end and, and with Burns posting a decent number and then just having to wait for two hours and, And uh, but Scheffler still gritted it out, uh, made that tough putt at the end and got into the playoff. Uh, I thought Scheffler would have it in the playoffs because Burns hadn't played so long that conditions had changed. The greens had gotten faster, burned out a little bit and uh, um, thought Scheffler would would take care of business. But hey, it's golf and uh, uh, Burns nailed that long putt. It was was pretty neat.
0: Yeah. So Scheffler. First uh, round since 2009, U.S. Open, and he didn't record a birdie. So if you would have told him you just needed one birdie uh, to win the event, I'm sure he would have taken that, uh, you know, before his round started. But uh, like you mentioned, he, he gritted it out, uh, made a lot of tough pars there down the stretch to get himself into the playoff. Uh, but Burns, the second time this season, uh, drains a long one from off the green uh, for a win. Did it a a Valspar to beat Davis Riley. We saw Davis Riley up there uh, on the leaderboard as well. But well, we got to talk about Harold Varner. So I had an outright on this guy. I um, also had a top 10 on this guy. Uh, wasn't sweating the top 10 too hard. I figured that one was pretty safe. Uh, he's in the middle of fairway on 12, tied for the lead. What happens? Either one of you. I mean, how, how does this? He goes triple, double, triple, uh, and then
1: adds, you know, three more. Bogies to the card he <laughs> tends to do that outside of the, the big Saudi win you know he he just not a not a sunday guy you know he, he just seems to find ways to to lose there and uh, one, one last thing about scotty Scheffler, i read a very interesting story here i had, you know maybe he had something else in the back of his mind and and uh, he had a, a wedding to attend right after the the tournament i don't know if you guys saw that okay. or not but his sister-in-law was uh was married yesterday and he, he thought that he would have plenty of time to make the, the ceremony. And, um, you know, the tournament was running a little slow. And then he made the playoff. And it didn't look like he was going to make it. But sure enough, he he made the wedding. It was kind of an interesting story to see him there. Just hour – I mean, it was a three-hour trip right, right out of there uh, from the Colonial and, and uh, made, the, made the wedding kind of a neat story there. But HV3 just – he just, to me, not a Sunday guy. He just uh, he just can't close a deal on the PGA Tour. Nice win he had in Saudi, but uh, – <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't look to play him on round four showdowns
0: at all. Yeah, I think it was Kyle Porter that said uh, usually when someone wearing Jordans posted triple double, it's usually good news. But uh, <laughs> yeah, not not on Sunday. Uh, a couple other notable finishes. Uh, Patrick Reed back in the top 10. Sounds like he switched his driver uh, back to his old one from PXG. So that's something to keep an eye on moving forward. And then uh, Mito Pereira bouncing back after, you know, the, the meltdown of the PGA Championship. So, Jacob, any final notes on uh, the Charles Schwab challenge?
2: So a little bit of a, a jump ahead, but I walked so that we walk as uh, golf professionals. I walked both the, the Nelson and the Colonial. The um, Pro-Am is two different pros for nine holes. So this week at Colonial, I had Billy Horschel and then I had Davis Riley. And was really kind of outside of playing Davis occasionally, was unfamiliar with him, got a chance to walk him in it for nine holes. Um, super nice kid, got to talk a little bit about golf stuff and who he works with on a swing and his, you know, kind of his philosophy, and started doing a little digging. Um, it's a kid that I'm kind of interested in moving forward. He was the runner up I don't know if you know this note of the 2013 U.S. Junior Amateur to okay. Scotty, to Scotty Scheffler. Uh, assessed. Assessed a one-shot penalty to himself in the final round and lost. And then he, year after that, he was runner-up 2014 to Will Zalatoris. So that's um, wild. So some pedigree there that maybe we've kind of, or at least I think I've uh, not paid attention to. Had a pretty decent career at Alabama's, won twice in the Corn Ferry Tour. And if anything, we've seen that with these young guys, they're more prepared to win than ever before. So and once they win, sometimes they win a lot. Sam Burns. Scotty Scheffler, two years ago at this time, neither one of them, I don't think, had a victory. And what have they had, like, seven? Uh, seven? Yeah, yeah, so kind of something I'm, I'm paying attention to.
0: Yeah, that's a cool story. Something about, you know, self-assessed penalties kind of make uh, golfers more likable. So, uh, yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, you got Riley, you got Zala Torres, and you got uh, Cam Young all looking for their first win. All of them are going to be in the field this week. Uh, so before we talk about the Memorial, a quick – plug, uh, head on over to scoresandodds.com. We have your betting advice for every sport you can think of. Um, The MLB team's been crushing. Uh, I've been on a little bit of a heater for NBA. Um, We obviously have our golf picks posted each and every week. So uh, check it out for daily expert picks, analysis, and tools to make you a better sports better. Now let's get into the memorial. Um, This is going to be Jack's tournament, Jack's course, Muirfield Village Golf Club. Um, and the course it's been lengthened uh, it is now playing as a par 72 that measures over 7,500 yards. It's in Dublin, Ohio. Pretty classical golf course. Water is going to be in play on 13 of the 18 holes. Uh, Fairway is pretty generous off the tee, 34 yards wide on average, and they are uh, pretty important to hit. Uh, the rest is going to be thick. Um, it had a renovation prior to last year, and a lot of the golfers didn't like it because the course played uh, even tougher than before. So uh, I do expect it to be a tough test, similar to last week, um, especially with, uh, you know, the added length. The greens themselves are pretty small, 5,000 square feet on average. Feature bank grass greens. Uh, and basically, the, the winner is going to be, you know, a really good golfer. The last four winners at this course, Patrick Canley, John Rahm, Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, you could argue that, you know, Rahm should have two wins since he had to withdraw uh, with COVID last year. And then Colin Markell won the workday here. So uh, we, got, we should expect a pretty good winner. There's a lot of risk reward shots here. It's going to create a lot of birdies and a lot of bogeys um, with water being in play, with these greens being so small, going to have to be a good scrambler. And yeah, that's kind of how I see the course playing out. Uh, what are some of the notes you guys have and uh, maybe some uh, player archetypes that you're looking at this week? Trey, we'll start with you.
1: Uh, this week, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of uh, focused on, on projected ownership, so so most of my takes going to be kind of geared in, in that light. But uh, you know, course history gets a big bump this week. It's uh, such a tough course, even though we've had this recent change uh, two years ago. Um, you know, it's just uh, even though we've seen some players break through to get their first victory here, they they have had some some history here. So I I really uh, I'm going to lean a little bit towards uh, course history here, especially in the early part of the, the projected ownership cycle. Uh, but uh, tough course. One thing that's going to be nice at least is that it doesn't look like we're going to have any wind. We've had wind has been such a big story the last few weeks. So it's kind of nice uh, looking at wind finder earlier today. I don't think we're going to have to worry about that as much, but uh, the rough's going to be, ter- uh, you know, awful. Uh, you know, they got to keep it in the fairway and, you um, you know, it's the greens are going to be they're going to be faster, faster than last year, I believe.
0: Yeah, glad you bring up uh, course history. Um, we've seen this is this is the fifth most predictive uh, course history on the PGA Tour. So, uh, outside of Bay Hill, Augusta, Harbour um, those are some of the few that uh, you know have the most re- repetitive course history. And, uh, man, I'm glad we have it on the show. You know, we talk about ownership a lot, but we probably don't factor it in enough because that's really become, you know, what what DFS is about these days. So glad to have you on, Trey. Jacob, any other thoughts on the course before we get into the, the player pool?
2: Sure. So uh, a couple of quick notes. Um, a week from today, a lot of these guys that are not already exempt will be playing in a, in a 36-hole USGA qualifier in that area, the biggest one. So you can kind of look at that and see, You know, what guys are not already in that are going to be playing, you know, guys like Ricky and such. So, of course, Jack Nicklaus, uh, I always think of uh, golf professionals that played on tour building courses that they like. Jack hits high fades, hits the ball a long way, accurate iron player. So um, something you kind of think about. So like looking at course history this week, thinking about what guys haven't played well there and then why, Um, you know, maybe start the conversation with somebody like Cameron Smith. Uh, why hasn't that guy played well there? But so, like you think about winners in the past. I mean, Tiger, right? Able to do whatever he wants with the golf ball. Hits it a mile. Hits it high. Cantley, Rom, Morikawa, and then you'll get some random winners. And I think that that just shows that when the golf course is hard, uh, when it plays really hard, you can get somebody like William McGirt winning, right? Or even a. Um, I hate to put him in the same category. I apologize to him. But Jason Duffner winning for the second time, you know, somebody like that, right? So um, not always the studs, but I definitely think elite second shot players, guys that manage their, their strategy well.
0: And I'll never forget the Dirt McGirt win. Uh, takes you back to the Draft Street days. Um, I was paying my garage and uh, he pulled it off. So, uh, yeah, that ended up being a good week for me. So hopefully we can draw on that. Now let's get into the player pool. Uh, we have five guys above 10K on DraftKings this week. Starting at the very top with John Rahm, as mentioned, uh, he won here in 2020. Probably should have won here last year. It was fourth to withdraw uh, after the end of the third round. I think he had a five or six shot lead, um, and then Patrick Cantlay ended up getting the job done in the playoff um, against Morikawa. So, are we starting lineups up there? Um, how does his ownership look? Uh, what are you
1: guys' thoughts on John Rom? Uh, Trey, we'll start with you uh rom, rom comes in not not in the best of form he's just uh doesn't look uh you know nonverbals aren't really there he's very frustrated especially with a short game and and uh but man it's going to be hard he, he's got to be really pissed about last year he just he just yeah. wants to settle the score i think yeah. he's extremely motivated and you know i think rom plays really great when he's pissed not too pissed but a little pissed and i think it, that rom really is motivated to, to finish what, what he started last year. Uh, but still, I mean, he, he's coming in the you know, recent form, not so good last 24, uh, 12 rounds. And, um, you know, conversely speaking, Rory's numbers are just off the charts. He, right. He across the board approach off the tee around the green, all solid. And those are going to be the top uh, stats that people are going to be uh, looking for uh, starting out this week. Cantley, You know, he, um the course horse right here I mean he, he's got the best uh you know course history here in the last five years but he's coming in the worst form really of these top five uh, really disappointed everybody with PGA so even though he's got he's the course horse I, I think he's going to come in him and Morikawa are, are looking at least early in the week as the the most lowest own uh going in Rory probably going to take the early lead I would think uh, that Rom's going to generate some, some narrative uh, as the week goes on. So um, I think he, he will close the gap a little bit, but I, you never know. I, I have to go in each week with a, with an open mind and, and not um, I just have to, you know, it's very unpredictable where those narratives go. Just have to keep an eye on. Them. Yeah. I
0: would love to see the behind the scenes nature of trying to predict ownership. Um, so yeah, that, that's a lot of fun. Uh, you mentioned John Rahm short game struggles He's lost around the green in six of his last seven. And the one he didn't, he won in Mexico. So I think if his uh, short game shows up, he's going to be there again. Uh, Rory kind of checks all the boxes, but doesn't have the best course history. You mentioned Cantleg. Anytime you get him, you know, not in a major, seems to be playing well these days. I I don't know what it is right now. You kind of expect him to, you know, make that breakthrough in the majors, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, I think, yeah, if, if Morikawa's ownership ends up, you know, in this range, the lowest of the bunch, I think he'll probably be my favorite play, a guy that I don't use a lot, but you mentioned the fade, uh, Jacob, you mentioned the, the iron play, you know, being a second shot golf course, he's one of the better, you know, total drivers of the ball as well. He has a second here last year, and then he won the workday. So um, the, the iron play has really been coming around the last couple of weeks, he's just been missing a lot of putts. And we know with him, uh, he's going to have spike week uh, putting. So I think Morikawa's interesting. Xander's probably the safest of the bunch. He's a guy who play a ton in DFS because the floor is so high. But Jacob, who are a couple of guys you have um, on your radar this week above 10K?
2: So starting out a few Monday builds, messing around with some roster construction. You know, I love ROM, but your rosters don't look as good. I mean, I think you can – there's a lot of value at the bottom this week, I think. So, um, you know, you can definitely fit ROM in and strong play. Um, For me – Rory's almost always a stay away. Um, you have any strong biases like that? Either of you? I mean, I've just always like, it's a guy that I just don't play. And when I do play, I always get burned. So, um, I don't mind any of the other top end spins. I think that you can fit two of those guys in, um, a little easier than you can try to fit. I mean, it's pretty hard to fit in a ROM and, you know, like a Xander. So, um, you could fit in Colin and Patrick and Xander pretty easily with a nine K guy. And some strong options, value plays down below, but definitely, I mean, Rom's game suits this place. I mean, he hits a, his preferred shot is a high fade, right? Strong, built like Jack. Golf course fits his eye, um, and we've seen that historic. I mean, I love course history places because um, uh, the courses are played pretty predictable. I mean, you look at Tiger throughout the years, right? I mean, he's played well here, played well at the Masters, pretty much everywhere, but Bay Hill. Those those courses tend to. Lend themselves to guys that do the the same thing over and over, and that's what Ron wants to do. He wants to hit a high cut, and he kind of knows his way around the golf Force. so no problem there. Uh, playing him this week, I really like. I really like calling it an early projected low ownership. I think guy gets a little bit underlooked because he hasn't played as well early this season, but uh, we're looking at a guy that I think will be number one in the world before too long.
0: Yeah, Jacob. We all have those guys that uh, don't treat us right in DFS. Uh, Morikawa was one of them for me, but uh, you know, I haven't learned from my mistakes. I still go back to the well and get burned time and time again. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how Rory plays. Um, it will be interesting. I mean, he, he checks all the boxes. Uh, Trey, like you said, um, his stats look amazing right now. Coming off of three straight top ten finishes. And Jacob, to your point, you know, getting two of these guys in the same lineup is a little more viable this week than most weeks because um, the bottom of the field isn't very good. Um, you can probably cross off, you know, 10 to 15 golfers uh, in the six Ks. that this is not invitational. So it's not like the top 120 golfers in the world. And then you're only going to see or sorry, you're probably going to see, you know, 55 plus percent of the field make the cut. So some of these value plays um, you know, have a better chance to make a cut than they would um, in a full field of 156. Do we have any other thoughts on the 10Ks? Or are we ready to, to move on?
1: Uh, one last thing, I'll say, no, and just setting up the projected ownership uh, for this week. I, I did notice that, uh, and I always go back. I go back as as much as five years. I've been doing this since 2016, so I'll go back and look at um, similar tournaments. And most times, like the Memorial, has been so you know solid and consistent over the years. I'll go back for the last five years and look at the pricing. Look at the setup. And, uh, th- this, this year is definitely a lot booster, probably not nearly as tight as it has been the last few years. So I think that that will enable uh, a little bit more play in the, in the top, uh, top five positions here. So, so I think, I think we're going to have a little bit more ownership there as compared to the last couple of years. Love it. All right. Let's, uh, stay in the nine
0: K range. Trey, why don't you walk us through how the ownership is shaken out and anybody you might have your eye on.
1: Uh, right now, it, uh, the ownership is uh, is going to be pretty evenly distributed. Um, there, Spieth is just on on a heater. He he's just you know we're, we're still hard for me. You know, we talk about biases. Spieth doing great off the tee. You know, yeah. he's, he's doing I, still not computing for me really, but it's happening. And uh, you know, the, the weak link is some of the short putts again. So, uh, but uh, this this is a course that he has had some. Uh, some success in and, and uh, compared to Cameron Smith and, and, and and Hovland and Hideki, he has the best history there in the upper nine K uh, range. He's already getting a little bit of buzz already. So I think he's going to be the chalk there in that area, but Zalatoris is not going to be too far behind. Hovland just keeps dropping in price and uh, you know, sets up to be pretty good value there at just nine, three, but uh, you know, again, around the green, uh, Snafus are going to, you know, temper some of that ownership. They, he probably will, will go back a little bit. But overall, I think Spieth is going to be a good play. Cam Smith, just such a wild card. He, he puts well. He's gritty as heck, but can he stay out of trouble off the tee here? Hasn't done that well here at all. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, Cam Smith's uh, course history, man. I've gone back a couple times just to make sure I had it correct. Uh, just so weird. He's two of six and his best finish is T 65 um, for a guy that led the field in T to green at the PJ championship, you know, one of the players earlier, won one of the tournament of champions. I think he's uh top five in the world now. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how his ownership uh, adjusts throughout the week. Uh, I can't wait to see that. I can't decide if I want to be way overweight or fade him completely. Uh, Jacob, what are your thoughts on cam Smith? Are you buying into the bad course
2: history or is he just a different golfer now? So, I've never played Muirfield, field, but I think you have played, like we, you played Sawgrass, correct? Yeah. So you think about – you go around that golf course. I played it this year during the week of the Masters. And, I mean, like anybody that can shoot that, those scores in that course, you have to go, wow, it's pretty impressive, right? There's a lot of subtle misses out there. So um, I'm kind of wondering if it's a ball flight issue, right? The ability to um, – you know, flighted to some of those greens or to get too wild off the tee. So, um, yeah, I'm out. No Cam Smith for me this week. Easy fade. Hasn't played well there. Um, It'd be different if, you know, he was going to be like 6%, but he's going to be right up there with Jordan or Will. I'd rather – and Will hasn't played. He's only played here once, but he's a guy that – I mean, he he missed a cut, but he would be a guy that I would take more of a a chance on just because of the the strategy that he employs – and, and golf he's pretty patient high shots middle of the green you know doesn't you know takes what the golf force gets him so uh, definitely no cam smith i like jordan and will not sure about victor um and always like hideki and matthew at those price. i think they're both viable great second shot guys um uh, super consistent
0: yeah it's interesting we've seen a lot of uh golfers kind of get their stepping stone win uh, at this event you know can bryson i think hideki biggest win at the time uh, came at this course. So, you know, maybe you get a Zalatoris, uh, Hovland, you know, Hovland's won a lot, just nothing big yet. Um, Fitzpatrick's won seven times on the, the European tour. He's yet to win on the PGA tour. So it wouldn't surprise me to see one of those three, you know, kind of break out and get their first win. Uh, I'm kind of leaning towards Fitzpatrick is like the safer option in cash games. I like the Zalatouris call. The tougher the course, the better he seems to play. Uh, like you mentioned, he just likes uh, hitting the middle of the greens. Hits the ball high, hits the ball far. That should be a good uh, recipe for success here. I worry about Hovland's around the green. Um, I guess you could argue the opposite in that if he's hitting more greens than everyone else, that, you know, he won't have to scramble as much. But uh, that does worry me a little bit. Hideki always scares me with the injury concerns. We just never really know uh, what's going on there. So, yeah, a lot of question marks in this range. Um, And I don't have a strong take. Uh, Is everyone playing Shane Lowry, Trey?
1: Yes, he's going to be heavy uh, at least early in the week. Um, you know, it just the, the odds value, uh, the recent form, uh, second shot courses, this course should be I Although mean, He doesn't have the best course history to, to date here in the last five years, but he's just riding a heater. He, his last five tournaments have just been very solid. His, his recent form in the last 12 rounds or. Um, in the top five in the field. So yeah, he's going to be hot early on. I, I would suspect though that he would be a pretty good target uh, to pivot away from later in the week. Uh, for me right now, uh, projecting ownership is, is kind of it's in uh, three cycles. Now uh, the first part of the week, when I first started doing this in 2016, 2017, I really just had to do it once a week and just watch out for withdrawals. And that was pretty much it. It was just what were the best values Uh, What was the best course fit in course history? And we were good. I was done by Tuesday. Just watch out for withdrawals. it was easy. Then all the tasks came and we had lots of narratives that, that started to pick up steam. So, uh, and now towards the, the end of the week, Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, uh, late afternoon, the most important thing for me to project ownership is the current projected ownership. Uh, People want to know, Uh am I going to eat this chalk or am I going to pivot off? Where am I going? I got to have my leverage. I, I know I, I can't, I'm not going to get the optimal cash line. i never going to win the GPPs, a, a, a roster that's average 15, 16, 18% ownership, I'm not going to get there. And so you've got to get some leverage, you've got to de-optimize. So for me at the very end of the week, it's, for, I have to figure out what is the good chalk, what chalk can defend their ownership and which is what chalk is easy to pivot from. And that's, that's been the most challenging part here in the last two years and I would suspect now I got to keep an open mind, but I think Ch- Shane Lowry will be a, a pivot away from target as the week progresses. It would be great. Um, far too often. I like a guy early in the week
0: and then I'm like, Oh no, he's going to be too high on. And then I get off of him and then everyone else does the same thing. And uh, he ends up being lower on than anybody uh, thought. So yeah, very interesting to hear all that. Um, one other note in this range, Jordan speed. So didn't have the best course history, you know, when he was in his prime. You know, he was kind of a guy that had, you know, one top ten finish. And then the last three years when he's been struggling, he's finished 7th, 13th, and 18th. We mentioned, you know, he's a lot better off the tee now. Playing well. Maybe uh, maybe speeds the guy for me in this range, even though he's going to be pretty popular. Uh, any other thoughts before we uh, head to the next range? Yeah. Oh, let's
1: All right. go. Let's go, A-K.
0: All right, let's get into the AKs. Uh, Trey, start us off again. It's a good, good, uh, you know, to start with ownership and kind of uh, go from there. So uh, we got some
1: interesting yeah. dynamics here in the AK range because we got a couple of young studs moving up and uh, great form. Surprising, they just won't go away. Cameron Young and Davis Riley, they just won't go away. They're always on top of the leaderboard, and you just feel like one, uh, you know, one or both of them are about to get you know a big victory, and this would be you know, we have a history of, of this place giving that first big breakthrough win, but man, sticker shock. I mean, Cam Young right there with Sung Jay and Max Homa and above Berger and Connors and Joaquin Neiman. It's just, uh, but you look at the stats, you look at the recent form, you look at the the positions that, that he's finished in, he, it, you know, he deserves to be there, but it's still just a little bit weird to, to, uh, to look at. I think that, uh, their their ownership is going to be at least initially a little bit uh, dampened just because of the the rise in price, but uh, there's definitely a, a really significant pressure point there in Cameron Young and Davis Riley. I'm really interested to see the industry and the community how they're going to uh, reconcile that and and how the narratives are going to roll, but I think they're going to hold their own. I, I have a feeling that. You know, Berger's going to get beat up in in this range. Sung Jay is going to lose out. And I just don't think Answer can defend his ownership. So I think Riley and Young are are going to be some viable uh, plays here. I think they're going to have solid ownership.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's hard to argue against them at this point other than, you know, the ownership and the price. Um, I do think course history, you know, might sway me off of them just a little bit. Uh, just looking at some of the, you know, really good players priced around on their first trips to this place. You know, Homo was 37th, Sungjae 57th, Fitz miscut, Zalatoris miscut, Rom miscut, Xander first cut. So all these guys have struggled a bit their first time around Muirfield. Doesn't mean, uh, you know, we're going to see that, you know, be the case with those two, but it worries me a little. Uh, Jacob, what are your thoughts on those two?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you look at, so I thought about this a lot in the last the last week or two perception versus reality of what is a tour player's week like They get on ground monday they might play nine holes in the pro-amp they get a full day of practice tuesday they only play nine holes on wednesday tee it up on thursday so you got two guys that have never seen this course probably um trying to figure it out um you know you could make an argument for being underweight but if you're look if you're taking a long-term approach i think that they're not guys I would X out of my pool. I want some of them. I think they're going to win sooner than later. Um, so it's one of those deals you could be even with or a little bit under and feel okay about it. Cause I don't see anybody going super overweight on those guys. Um, just, you know, I mean a lot of pedigree there um, and they've been playing well late. And I think that that more than anything that matters right now in the tour, um, they have a, a small window sometimes to maximize a whole season. Right. So, um, definitely like both those guys out on burger um, and pretty much that range below um, not a whole lot of interest till we get to like 8k and below for me i think i'd rather pay down and then pay up um not get stuck there but i definitely have i think mean, there's enough upside in 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 young riley and Homa. i mean who doesn't like max Homa in his in his uh, world of uh twitter keeping us interested and, and laughing so i mean the guy's a great ball striker and, and a and kind of another guy that's already won a few times and has won at some good venues and good courses.
0: Yeah, Homa's a guy that does uh, sandwich right between Young and Riley. Looks like he's going to be pretty popular, but, yeah, he's been playing awesome. I think he's had T13 or better in four straight starts. And, you know, his short game wasn't great last year, but it has made some strides this year, especially the putter. So I don't mind looking at Homa T6 here last year, which is pretty impressive. Burger, man, uh, a guy that I usually like to be overweight on, but not great on par 72s, especially long ones. Uh, not great on courses that don't have Bermuda greens, so that's interesting. Connors, after he burned everyone at the PGA Championship, I like going back there, but I think everyone is going to be going back there. Um, it doesn't seem like the early days of DFS, if somebody was popular... And ended up missing the cut. They were extremely low on the next week. It seems like it's the opposite effect uh, this, you know, now, now. Now the DFS industry is too sharp. Have you seen that too, Trey?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, especially in the showdown, I've uh, I, I begun to do uh, round three and round four uh, projected ownership now uh, for DraftKings showdown slates. And, uh, round th- you know, round three, people just – they'll just pivot off the guy who, who played poorly – or they, they won't play the guy who played great in the third round. And they'll just yeah. try to find the guy who played horrible the third round to go yeah. chase on, 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 uh, round four. So it, it was really round three is difficult for me to project because, uh, they just, they go off in numbers. They're seeking leverage so hard and uh, it's, it's difficult for me to project uh, round three round four is a lot easier because the f- uh, placement points, but, uh, uh, people, uh, uh, they're seeking leverage all the time so they they will go back to you know that looking at these initial numbers uh burgers going to get a kick up answers going to get a kick up on the next update uh just because they're so low people people will jump on that yeah it's funny you mentioned that about you know round 3
0: round 4 because you know I'll go to build my teams and if it isn't a good golfer near the top of the leaderboard I just no way I'm playing those guys. They can't sustain that pace. No, though. no way, no way.
1: <laughs> and Now, so Stallings I mean, and Todd, they kind of blew it for – I mean, they didn't do too bad, you know. Yeah. They're, I just crushed their own shit because, you know, nobody's going to stick around with John Huh on the fourth round. Nobody's yeah. going to do that. Come on.
0: And I always think, yeah, I, these guys are going to be popular because they're right up near the top of the leaderboard, and then there nobody plays them. So, uh just constantly out thinking uh, each other. Uh, anyone else in the AKs? You know, answer, showed up at the PGA, then struggled again last week, missed the cut uh, in Texas. You know, he's from Texas too, so I was kind of expecting more out of him. Keegan should be a great course fit. You know, we know the T to greens great, um, underrated around the green, but he doesn't have the best course history here. Mito, first timer here, but uh, he's been awesome. Uh, so, anyone else you guys like in that lower eight K range?
1: I do like Mito quite a bit. He's just um, uh, so solid and and very cool under pressure except for of course the 18th hole on at southern hills so i just i still don't understand what happened there he just you know he's so um you know consistent and um safe but i guess he decided to go for it and it just didn't work out i just uh, one little split moment and uh but other than that i mean he just he's just solid and he's still at ak a very good value now Jackie, if you mentioned earlier, there's some people you just have biases against. You just can't play. And for me, it will always be Keegan. And not – I just – I like to watch a lot of golf now. I think I really I enjoy the nonverbals. And Keegan just reeks of no confidence. I mean, he backs off. He twirls his clubs, He's twitchy. I just – if I'm going to – you know, and I think most betters are, you know, DFS uh, – if you're playing DFS, you want somebody that's got confidence, who has got swagger. And Keegan just – doesn't have it just, It's just so nerve-wracking so no kicking for me today or probably ever well i mean
0: hp HV, hp3's got a lot of you know swagger and confidence and uh that's not working for him that's too much. true so that's uh, true. no but both jordan guys uh so maybe maybe they got to work on their you know sunday finishes uh but yeah nito man that was rough on 18 at the pga uh, like somebody said uh, in the crowd it looked like he got electrocuted at impact so maybe that's what happened somebody uh you know, gave him an electrocuted ball. I don't know, but, uh, Jacob, anyone else before we get into the seven case?
2: I, I, I like Mito don't like Keegan. Um, Keegan prefers a draw off the tee, um, can hit it both ways, but he usually hits a slinging draw. And I think that you might start taking a look at that, you know, guys that hit it straighter. We was talking about approach shots, but they're set up by, you know, um, where you can put it in the fairway. And the masters historically has been, um, high draw, but the, there's no, there's no rough, right? So you can hit it, move it around there, but here there's rough. So maybe that's why Keegan has struggled there. Um, Mito, uh, right in the hot hand, um, was lucky enough to go to the PGA set with Trey there for about seven hours on the 18th hole, about to the point of like 220 out. It's a hard haul. I mean, he, he could have hit three wood and, probably been in a playoff but he would have had 225 to a hard green he tried to make a swing that he thought he could with driver and and uh just blocked a little bit but yeah I think Mito's a um obviously I mean if you if you don't like him after I mean he went and gave an interview after losing the PGA championship and heartfelt and then a guy like Rory Trump slammed it when talked to anybody that's another reason why I don't like Rory um but yeah I mean hard not to root for the guy I hope he gets a win soon I'll have a little bit of it
0: yeah, that was awesome seeing him do that interview, uh, and he just owned it too. Uh, no excuses. I love that. And Jacob, to your point, I've always wanted to put something together where you track, you know, everyone's ball flights, which way they like to move it. Um, I think that'd be very useful, especially on courses like this where you know one ball flights maybe preferred over the other. So, yeah, maybe we should uh, get around to doing
2: something like that here at AutoGrinder. I think that'd be pretty cool. So I can add a piece to that. So you, uh, there's a, a, a course management system uh, by Will Zalatour, coach, Scott Fawcett. I don't know if you follow him. He's a, kind of an interesting Twitter follow, but you know, his philosophy is you hit it one way off the tee and one way off the tee only they're centering in their shot pattern. And then from there, um, they can both hit draws or fades, you know, on their approaches, but they predominantly, um, hit it one way off the tee. So certain golf courses, um, you think about like colonial, um, who won there more than anybody in the beginning of golf, Ben Hogan, Ben Hogan hit a high fade, right? John Rahm, high fate. Um, so some of these guys play well at certain courses because of what they're comfortable hitting off the tee.
0: Yeah. I think that'd be uh, interesting to track all that and not by choice, but I hit it both ways off the tee, um, usually the wrong way. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into the seven K's. Let's break it up uh 75 to eight. And then, uh, you know, we'll do seven to 7,500. So Trey, walk us through some ownership
1: uh and we'll go from there uh billy ho is not going to get much ownership um he's just um (laughs) i think i I would prefer watching keegan you know get all jittery than billy inching up to the ball every time that just really irritates (laughs) the hell out of me (laughs) patrick reed is he's back is he back he's getting greedy again he's looking hungry he's he's gonna be back in our lives it seems so he's getting some buzz he's Past history here, and he's been kind of somewhat contending of, of late. So he he's going to have a little bit of steam here early in the week, as is Kuchar. Um not, not a lot, but but a little bit. Um, Bryson, I think we just I, – I don't know if he's going to play. If he does, is he going to make it for four rounds? I doubt it. Uh, so he's an easy uh, X. I think I have less than 1% right out of the gate. Um, Kirk is Chris Kirk is going to be probably the chalk here. Um, it just, you know, the, the course seems to fit him. He doesn't have a lot of history here, but playing very well, uh, T 15 last week, of course, uh, T five and, and, uh, uh, the PGA. So he, he's definitely going to be the chalk here in this range. Then we have Jason day who he lives here, right? Is he the only PGA pro that lives here? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but just never does it again. Maybe you should, you know, Check out of the house, check in a hotel or do something just to get away. I don't know. He needs to try something different. But, um, you know, you would think he would do better here, but he just never has and and likely won't ever. Uh, But uh, I like Leishman a little bit. And I think Wise is going to uh, carry a lot of uh, a decent amount of ownership around 10 percent. You know, it's never good. Uh, I do my research before checking
0: ownership. I have my favorite targets picked out and then uh, I see that they're the highest zone guys in this range. So I was hoping Patrick Reed was going to be my, you know, dark horse of the week. Doesn't look like that's going to be the case. I mentioned uh, switch back to his old driver and then now he's gained off the tee in three straight. So the rest of his game has been pretty good for a while now. Uh, I like Chris Kirk as well, but uh, yeah, eating the chalk in this range doesn't always feel great. I won't be playing a ton of Kuchar. So he's gained 40 strokes uh, on and around the green in his last six starts. I think he's lost ball strokes, ball striking during that stretch. I know he's great at this course, but with it being lengthened, I do worry about Kuchar a little bit. Uh, I like Aaron Wise. You mentioned, you know, ball striking has just been so good. I'll probably go back to Alex Norn. He's one of those guys that I think a lot of people will be burned from the PGA that they won't go back to just because he's more of a short game guy. And then I also like uh, Sibu Kim in this range. Just a guy that uh, he's played well here. Four straight top 41 finishes. He's been a lot more consistent on tour. Very good tee to green. So those are the few of the guys that I'm looking at. Jacob, what about you?
2: So this is a range that for me early in the week, I think that I like. I don't like um, I'm not going to cross on anybody in the week in this range. I, I think you can make a merit for having some of all of them. Putting two or three guys in this range in a roster gives you a lot of flexibility up top. I mean, I don't think you'd be surprised if any of these guys had a top 10 or better, right? So that's a pretty strong range. I mean, we got some pretty good. I mean, Mark Leishman, Jason Day, uh, Bryson, if he plays, I mean, who knows, right? I mean, I've been watching him on Instagram for the last month, making swings in his backyard. Looks healthy, but is he ready to play tournament golf? Um, I get what you say about Kucher, but I think he's someone that, um, again, I'm going to go back to this a couple times now. Uh, he likes to fade it. It's a, a fade around that golf course. He'll set up a lot of scoring opportunities. Another guy who likes to fade it. If you ever want to watch a fun practice session, watch Alex Norn hit golf balls. Um, he despises anything that goes left like maybe being anything thing that goes straight. He tries to hit a 20-yard slice, kind of like Bruce Litsky back in the day. So um, I like all those guys. I mean, I, I, early in the week I may, you know, eventually scratch one or two of them off, but I, I kind of like sprinkling those guys in because it, it gives me a lot of room uh, to get some exposure to guys that I that I really want at the top end. I get more ball flight talk, which I love. Um, okay,
0: lower 7Ks, Trey. Uh, looks like there's not a lot of ownership down here.
1: No, it really evens out now. Uh, past uh, Aaron-wise, it, it really drops off. I, I don't think I have anybody over 10% for, uh, for the rest of the way. Uh, Billy evens out. Uh, Woodland is getting a little bit of buzz, perhaps, and he, he might get close to 10%, but I, but I doubt it. Uh, but everybody else is, you know, really not, not in that good form, and it's just a, a significant drop-off here. Uh, got got Ricky there at 72 and, and I'm, you know, being an OSU alum, uh, you know, always have a soft spot in my heart for any cowboy out there. Uh and Ricky showing signs, driving good, approaching decent, can't putt with a crap, but uh and looking really strong in the Sunday orange, but uh, God, I, I wish you could, you know, just give us a little bit more, Ricky. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. And, and just, we need a big win here and just get up on the podium and say no to live golf and it's going to stick to the BGA tour and we'll all be happy. Please, Ricky. We need that. Okay. Um, right. at, uh, you know, it just really drops off. There we have uh, Brian Harmon at seven one. God, I can't, I was way low on him last week on projected ownership. I had no idea he'd be so highly owned and uh, man. Uh, you know, first round, was he seven over par, just completely out of it, right out of the gate? Uh, that's really going to, you know, upset people. He's, you know, he I, he may get 5%. I'm not sure. But uh, seeing a little bit of buzz here early for Luke List, um, um, kind of surprised me a little bit there. Um, but, um, you know, I just don't see too much more down here, really. Uh, Scott Stallings probably not going to do much. Got a course history play here, perhaps, in Kevin Strelman at – well, I'm down at 6'8". Sorry about that.
0: Oh, that's that's just fine. So, I mean, yeah, from a modeling standpoint, there's not a lot that stands out in this range. Maybe that's why not a ton of ownership um, early in the week. I think C.T. Pan's interesting. He's been consistent, hitting fairways, very good with the irons. Uh, You mentioned Ricky Fowler. I – it doesn't take a lot for me to get on to Ricky Fowler. Um, and look at his course history, T-15 or better than five for the last five years here. He's made three straight cuts every time I play him. Uh, he does not treat me well. So I'm ready to be hurt again, Ricky. Uh, but yeah, we'd love to see you win. Um, Cam Davis has been you know, a little bit better recently. He's interesting. But man, uh, Jacob, help, help me
2: out here. I don't love anyone down here. Um, I, th- I think I'm out, always have a little bit of Straka moving forward. Um, guys already won. So, I mean, you start thinking about what am I buying at that price? Um, so he's a guy's good ball striker, strong. Like, have you ever, if you've never seen him in person, he's built like John wrong. Right. Um, so you, you think about, okay, low ownership. Um, what do I need at this price to pay off? I like guys like Straka. I like Ricky. Um, Trey's pretty much admitted that if Ricky wins again, He'll be all orange for about a month. He has enough orange stuff. He'll just go solid for a whole (laughs) month straight. Um, Maybe three
1: weeks. A month month is is pushing.
2: What about the mustache? Can we get
0: that going too?
1: Oh, that would be awesome.
0: Trey, are you in?
1: Uh, Sure, whatever. Whatever, Ricky. (laughs) Just win. I'll do it. I'll I'll do the little mullet thing. Whatever you want. I mean, is he that – I don't think he's that far off. I mean,
2: if you look at – COVID affected a lot of people in, in different ways. Um, Ricky made a swing change, a coach change at the end of the 2019 season, went from uh, put a uh, harm into someone else. And then I think he's just kind of really, really struggled. So if you believe in the pedigree, right, if you think that this is a, a player that can eventually find his way, I mean, the, the line between success and failure out there is really small. So a couple of good weeks and, you know, he could be a guy that's um, eight, eight, five, you know? So I, I think that, especially of course, history, right. A guy that, you know, he's got enough upside and you, and I don't think you'll have to be very strong on the ownership to, to get some leverage, right. That's a good part about this range. I think you have to, when you start looking down here in this range and below you have to ask yourself, okay, what is, what is my highest outcome for this player? And, and, and look at that in terms of ownership, can guys win? And there's a few guys that you could say could, uh, challenge for a win or definitely top 25 in this range um but i think that's the way you've got to approach this narrow your narrow your pool because after this it's it, there's a lot of there's a lot of weak players uh, that i don't think can win this week
0: all right uh i do like the strong call he's a guy that tends to show up uh you know on the on the leaderboards a lot especially when he makes the cut uh, Ricky, same swing coach as uh, one of the foreplay guys. I don't know if you guys listen to that podcast. Uh, Trent, he was trying to break a hundred. So he went and saw Ricky's coach, John Tillery. Um, I think Kevin Kizer is part of that group too. And uh, he broke a hundred. So uh, maybe maybe some good vibes for that, uh, that crew there. Um, but let's get into the 6Ks. We'll just treat the whole range itself because you know there's not a ton to love down here. So who's getting some buzz?
1: Trey and uh, anyone you have your eye on. Uh, right. I mentioned Kevin Streelman. He's got some, some decent uh, course history and, uh, and performed pretty well here. He had a decent showing at the PGA, fell off a little bit on the, the fourth round. But, you know, it, it's really drops off down here. Adam Hadwin perhaps could get, you know, six to eight percent ownership in the end. Have Johnny Vegas there might generate you know close to four to five percent in the end. Uh Rainey's playing a little bit better at 6'6. Six, six. Uh probably the best one so far um would be Brendan Steele. Steele might push 10% here. Uh I think he'll probably get 10% by by Tuesday or Wednesday and maybe fall off a little bit from that towards the end of the week. Um, but uh really, you know, thins out. We have uh Thigala, who, you know, he, he can make a cut. I don't, you know, he he struggles uh the third or fourth round, but He's lingering. He's there. He's competing and a good field player. Uh, please, no Wolf. Just you know, Man. Wolf is. We want Wolf to do well, but it just doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. He he's having some some troubles and uh, maybe, on and off uh, the course. So uh, we need to need to just give him some time. And uh, you know, I just I don't maybe a little bit of a knee Smith. He might he might get close to four or five percent uh, by the end of the week. Did Adam Wong end up being popular last week? Do you remember? Uh, I, I don't actually. Yeah, he was. I think he was about seven or eight percent. I'll check real quick. Now he fell to four four point one five percent last week. Okay. Everything
0: pointed to him, and I was worried that he was going to be chalky. So one of those, not just yet again, I I talked myself out of a guy um, because of ownership. But Adam Long's
1: a a great example of a a guy who just can't defend the chalk. You know, it's so easy to get away from a guy like Adam Long, and so um, yeah, those are those are easy to to pivot away from. Defend the chalk. That'd be a good article series if you uh,
0: need more work for us, Trey. Um, (laughs) Okay. Yeah.
1: It's, you know, it's really kind of uh, blown up here in the last year and a half or so. Just uh, guys like Adam Long just can't defend the chalk, but guys up top, I mean, uh, they can. Uh, Guys down below, 6,500 to 7,000, you know, everybody just gets off that cheap chalk. Nobody, even the noobs know that cheap chalk is not good chalk. Just get off of that quick. By Tuesday or Wednesday, you got to get off. But... uh, the, the upper echelon of the, of the pricing tiers so that there's definitely good chalk that people will just, they'll, they'll eat it and they'll go with it and they'll hold. Well,
0: and I like to think that uh, this shows how push that uh, fade the chew chalk narrative over the years. Cause we've always uh, tried to do that. So Brendan's still, like you mentioned, he's going to be popular, but his last five starts, he's getting nine, five, 12, and seven strokes ball striking. So we know he's a good ball striker. He's been you know decent around these parts. He's somewhat interesting. I like Lucas Glover. He, he's gained over eight strokes ball striking each of his last two starts. Uh, and he's not a good putter by any means, but he's better on Ben grass than he is on the other two surfaces. Uh, Tigala, like you mentioned, I like that he played here last year. Um, so it's not his first time and he finished t 32. So that's uh promising. And then uh, Vegas always rates out well for me. He has struggled a little bit. You know, he came off uh, some arm surgery, I think, and then played well the first week, struggled the next two weeks, so I'm not sure what to do with him yet. Uh, Strillman, like you mentioned, seems like a safe play, but he has burned me uh, a lot of times over the years. So Jacob, tell us who we're playing uh, that's
2: not going to burn us down here. So let's go a little GPP dumpster diving, right? So um, golf, obviously non-position sport. You know we're not afraid if we get a cheap tight end, plug him in, right? Or something along the way that opens up value in our in our rosters. But small field, 120 uh man filled this week so if you want to unlock some some um, plays at the top i'm not opposed to sprinkling in guys like jason duffner 6100 decent course fit um played here a lot you know you're talking made cut top 40 finish if you unlock the top guys it could be a guy that allows you to squeeze in a lot of value at the top um, guys that you haven't mentioned that i kind of like a little bit danny willett um, so one in the last uh, eight months in the world um, has a decent course history there um, played last three years, hasn't finished outside of the, the top 35. I would take that at 6,200. And then I've kind of been always trying to have a little bit of Alex Smalley, um, 6,400. Um, another, I, I don't know if the right term calling kind of like these fearless sort of rookies. I mean, they just feel like, you look at it, at least from like a, what I do for a living teaching golf, these guys come out, and girls too, come out so ready to play. Uh, at every level, they're better than what Jack and these guys played when they were growing up. So they come out and they're ready. So a guy like that, I mean, although he hadn't had course any course time, I mean, somebody that I kind of want a little bit of every week. I really like the Danny Willard call, um, somebody that never
0: you know ends up being very popular so uh that should just about do it are there any final thoughts or hot takes you guys want to throw out there
1: matthew wolf low poke okay yeah i'm i'm off that one uh, <laughs> uh, but uh I, i'll say ricky ricky fowler top 10
0: Ooh, i would love it all right so uh if you want to follow these guys on Twitter to uh, great golf minds, uh, Jacobs is at Han Dizzle with three Z's correct. Correct. And then uh Trey Schwabi at Trey Schwabi. That's right. All right. So, uh, best of luck this week at the Memorial tournament. I'll be around all week to answer any and all questions. Uh, if you are a premium member, hop in the discord. It's a lot of fun, uh, in the golf channel. Um, just answering questions, talking strategy, All that fun stuff, uh, all of our content will be posted throughout the week. The ownership will be updated throughout the week. And we appreciate you joining us. So uh, for Trey, for Jacob, I'm Noto, and we are out of (music) here.